2: Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is
0: the Rob Black Show.
2: Welcome in. Good day. Um, some days I don't know how to start talking about money. Some days I'm just looking. It's the beginning of the new year. First and foremost, do smart things this year. Um, do smart things every year. Buy it Once a year, twice a year, rebalance your portfolios. Take a look at your financial scenarios. You probably have a a 401k, a 403b, something offered to you at work. Start having a plan even if you've never had a plan. I guess is what I'm getting at. Because CFP, Chad Burton... CFP, Stephanie Richmond. They're certified financial planners. They're what are called fiduciaries. And they'll tell you things like you have a plan, even if you don't have a plan, ultimately you have a plan. I.e. it could be retire with nothing. It could be die with nothing. It could be, I'm not going to think about it, but therefore it will be something. I've done this for 25 odd years. And I'm never surprised by what I see. I think the biggest demon, biggest problem I see is procrastination. I know it's early in the day, but spell procrastination. The arc of my professional life has learned me that people put things off too long. The human psyche on what you won't do is pretty darn impressive. Um, I think investing in money, retirement plans should be pretty basic and pretty simple. The problem for me was it wasn't making my first million or my second million or my third million or my fourth million. My biggest problem as an investor, it wasn't procrastination. It's enjoying my life and planning out how I want to cut back and stop. I believe there's two types of people in money, wealth accumulators, and wealth distribution. How do you distribute what your wealth is, what a financial planner does? How much income do you get when you retire? How long will it last? How long will it last when you're starting to take out money for your health care, money for your grandkids' college, money for your grandkids' travel? How long does it last when you want to get an RV so you can hang out in the front yard of your kid's house so the grandkids can see you on Christmas Eve? I get it. So I think procrastination is the number one biggest problem. But for me, it's on the distribution side. It's what's my plan going to be? I'm going to enjoy this. So a sign that you're procrastinating is that you're in a rush. Let's talk about that. A lot of people go, I'm 20 years old. I, I'm not going to retire for 30 or 40 more years, or I'm going to work till the day I die. And then, dang it, suddenly you're 30. You have time. Oftentimes, you can't process how fast time goes by. How many weeks are we into the new year? How many times have you put money in your 401k? You're like, yeah, I'll do it later. I don't want you to feel pressured to accumulate wealth. I don't want you to feel pressured to have a, a strategy when you're 50, 55, 60. I sent out an email yesterday from a man who was like, uh, I'm 60 plus, pushing towards retirement. Maybe I got two or three more years. My wife probably has like 5 I'm like, you should meet with a financial planner. Like, he, he's at that age. Don't procrastinate thinking about retirement. Um. Someone sent me an email yesterday that I got back to that said, uh, I've got $2 million in retirement in the Bay Area. I'm like, okay. Keep in mind with two kids, after I pay for college costs, I think $4 million is what I'm going to need in California with my spouse. So he thinks he's going to retire. I don't know his budget, but he thinks he's there. I'm like, hey, you may need a little bit more money, buddy. Let's, let's take a look. Let's see what you, how you want to live in retirement got an email from someone yesterday who was wanting to pay for his kid's college. And he goes, should I take out a home equity line of credit or should I dip in my 401k, uh, my Roth IRA? I'm like, take out the loan. It gives you longer to decide what to do with the Roth or the home equity line of credit. And, and I was like, well, in fact, you may even want to take out old fashioned student loans. What if your kid goes to college and is uh, how shall we say? swayed to join the movement, whether it's a white supremacist movement or a Black Lives Matter movement. I don't know, but suddenly you could be strapped with a home equity line of credit and your kid drops out of college like student loans are the way to go for me. But we're all different is what I get to. Procrastination on wealth accumulation. Um, Sometimes people have very backwards priorities where they go, I'm not going to save for retirement until I pay off all my student loan debt. I did both. I didn't pay off all my student loan debt till my early, let's say mid-30s, maybe 34, 35. But I'll tell you what, by the time I was 34, 35, I had well, well over $400,000 invested in the market. But I still had debt. And you're like, well, wait, wait, why didn't you pay off the debt? You would save money on interest. Who cares? saving money is a lot harder than, than paying off money another sign that you're a procrastinator is that you have someday syndrome where they're like i'm gonna put money in cash i saw this i did a big uh, seminar for visa where they wanted me to motivate the millennials to start putting money in the 401k, but they were already putting money in the 401k. But the people in HR saw that they weren't putting money into the markets. They're just putting money into cash thinking uh, I've just seen a recent correction in 2006, 2007, 2008 in the stock market scared the bejesus out of me. We went down 40, 50, 60% in some stocks in some stock markets. So some people are like, well, someday I'll change it to uh, be a little smarter. Someday I'll, I'll do it to be a little bit more aggressive. Another sign that you're a procrastinator when it comes to you creating your own wealth is that you spend today, knowing that you'll save later. People get a promotion. Suddenly, your cash feels a little bit better. are like, honey, let's go on a rager. Now, I don't even know technically what a rager is. But people go on ragers. And instead of putting that money into their future retirement plan, they put it into having fun. Little extra cash flow gets built in their budget instead of their savings. In theory, every year if you get a raise, I want you to raise how much you're putting into your 401k with it until you max it out. When you max out your 401k, you can call Rob Black and he'll come kiss you, or if you're a dude, he'll hit you on the back, or if you're a dude at a female dude, he will say good job, and I'll I'll, I'll strike a pointing finger. Another way you may be a procrastinator, if you go, I don't need to save money today. My mom and dad have a lot of money. And one day when they die, I'm going to get it all or I'm going to get my fair share. Well, you know what? Sometimes moms outlive the dads by 20 or 30 years and they dwindle down all of your inheritance. Don't be a procrastinator when it comes to saving for you, creating your wealth, I'm Rob Black. Find me online at epwealth.com, Rob Black Show. I post a lot of videos. I'm going to start doing YouTube live videos, which are going to be unique to YouTube. You can find me on YouTube TV under Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show.
0: The Rob Black Show is brought to
1: you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. Invest in what is really important. Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. Are you concerned with financial planning, tax planning, managing your investments, or just planning your retirement? Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over 12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP has your financial future in mind. Learn more by visiting RobBlackShow.com. That's RobBlackShow.com. This is going to sound funny when I say it, so give me a break.
2: I'd rather be your rich uncle than be your coach. I don't despise people who are like, I've got a life coach. I've got someone who inspires me. I find that to be a big old ball of poop. Um, I don't need motivation to live life. I don't need motivation to get out of bed. I don't need... I find that to be like one of those BS jobs where like, how did you get yourself into being a life coach? And I get it. Um, I have a friend, Amy Jackson. We used to call her Action Jackson. Long before it was cool to call someone Action Jackson. And um, she had a kid who definitely was on the, the, the spectrum, so to speak. Um, had some seizure issues early in life. And she was just growing up for lack of a socially uh, nice word, a little bit awkward. Um, didn't make good eye contact. A lot of the stuff that's on the spectrum of Asperger's and autism, right? Um, she was petrified that her daughter was going to like not know how to date, not know how to talk to professors. So early on in life, she got her a coach who can help with executive functioning on how to make proper decisions, how to process what you're hearing, how to kind of integrate into a group. So I'm not knocking coaches because I think for some people, they truly, truly help, but I'm just not, you know, if, if you need like a, a something to motivate you, like leader, I am light, I'm educated, I'm assimilated, I'm a, a doer and i'm evolving into a revolutionary if you need to break stuff down i'm a flamer i'm a fun loving american made ever righteous soul like no so i'm more about let's do some hints and tips and tricks i'm more about the guy who's in the corner is like yeah i did it let me tell you what to do how to be a millionaire it's not that difficult only thing holding you back from being a millionaire is you. No, 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 no. I say I'm not going to be that guy. It's just procrastination. I would be, let's stay away from the get rich quick stories. Let's stay away from Kim Kardashian and any sort of celebrity endorsement. Um, even the whole Bitcoin thing seems to have these Buddhas and these gurus who are like, they have no money, but they're telling you how to get money. And they're making money from you and not how the strategy that they're giving to you getting money. I'm okay with Bitcoin for 5% of your wealth. I'm stealing that basic concept from Mark Cuban. Here I am saying don't have a Buddha or a coach. I just think he's your rich uncle. Period. I think he's a lot simpler. He's not doing a rah-rah-rah thing. Becoming a real millionaire means adopting a conscious consumer mentality. Saving is essential to creating wealth. There's saving, there's earning, and there's investing. But if you could teach your kids how to save money for a video game, you're doing a damn good thing by them. If you could teach your kids how to save for a vacation. A few years ago, one of my friends, not even my friend, let me be a real loser here. A listener on the radio show emailed me and said, Rob, my kids drives in the car. I drop them off every day at school and we listen to you. And we decided that we're going to go to Disneyland this summer. So we've started saving. He has to save $25 a month for six months. He has to do it. Otherwise, he doesn't go to Disney. Now, again, I don't want to say let's ruin your, his childhood so we can teach him how to be a saver. Let's not lock him in a closet so he can learn about like the, the positives of sleeping, standing up. No, 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 no. Well, I'm not saying any of that. But if you teach your kids to save a little bit. Uh, it's the strangest thing because I was a collegiate level soccer player. And when my kids played soccer, I didn't want to teach them soccer until they asked me. So it took a while. And, you know, I'd, I'd show them videos of me. I, I'd like drop a hint here or there or really kind of obvious one. I paid for coaching. I paid for clubs for them. It's not like I told left enough of them on their own. Um, I just didn't want to put that pressure on them. What's funny is my kids are now starting to ask me about my career. And they're like, are you an influencer? I'm like, kind of. I'm trying to influence people to invest, maybe. Uh, do you do a TikTok dance? I'm like, no, no, no. Although I am going to start doing a YouTube show. And you know what i decided? I'm going to call it every dang thing Rob Black didn't get to this week in media. I end up the end of the week. I end up in the week with so much entertainment left in my, my back. And here, here's going to be the flow of the show, I think. I'm just going to ramble. I'm going to see 14 pages of notes. I'm going to go through them as fast as I can because I don't want to do it anymore. It's Friday. But I'll leave you with a lot of things that were more f- impregnated into my mind that I didn't get out of my body. So saving is essential. You got to teach your kids to do it. Many people don't realize how much money they can save if they choose to bring food and drinks from home to the office. Um, I cook dinner myself five days a week, and we go out maybe two. Uh, My spouse does maybe a day, but I do five. I want my kids to see what it's like to get ingredients, put together a menu, clean the kitchen, chop everything up, uh, cook it, serve it, plate it, get everyone to the table on time, and then... Put it in the dishwasher and clean it, right? I want my kids to see that because that's what college is. It's having a plan and it's executing it with some cleanliness. You can't wake up in the middle of the afternoon and go to school. Okay, so you got to learn how to save. And one way to save is cooking your own food. And I tell my kids, like, hey, I just did dinner for 60 bucks for all four of us. And when we go to a, a restaurant, I'm like, oh, that was $200. Um, I don't make them skimp on things like Spotify or Netflix. But I do, I do teach them how to save. Um, avoid any kind of debt is bad advice. I like mortgage debt and I like student loan debt. I'm getting emails now from people who are like, yeah, Christmas was a little bit rough. I've got $44,000 saved, but I've got a credit card debt of about $8,000. I plan to pay that off in the next three months. I'm like, what? Oh, let's focus on that for a second. You're going to pay off debt over time, stop going into debt. If it's credit card debt and you're paying it off and you're getting hit with interest charges, stop it. You bought something you can't afford. I don't carry credit card debt. Credit card debt is not evil. One minute. Carrying credit card debt will mess you up. It's too expensive. I mean, I, I'm not going to say big corporations, they should give it to us for free. Big corporations, they should... No, they're charging 18 to 25%. They're not going to do it. Don't bury your head in the sand. If you want to learn how to become a millionaire, if you have debt, work on it. Prioritize it. Understand it. Don't repeat the debt cycle. If you have debt, admit that you have a problem. Now, if you're paying it off in three months, good for you. But shame on you for getting in that position in the first place. If you're paying it off over a year or two years, and again, I'm only talking credit card debt, maybe some personal loans for some stuff or like you did a car loan at 8%. Any debt over 6% you pay off immediately before investing, but don't carry a lot of debt that's over 8%, 6%, 7%, 8%. Mortgage debt and student debt's way below that nine times out of 10. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black
1: Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is The Rob Black Show. Questions about how to invest in your retirement? Check out RobBlackShow.com and get in on the conversation. Subscribe to the podcast and video channels. No one cares more about your money than you do. It's time to start to feel good about your financial future. RobBlackShow.com. RobBlackShow.com. Thanks for letting me into your life. Thanks for trusting me as your.
2: Rich uncle or something like that. I was talking about how easy it is to become rich on any salary. Ultimately, you got to start incorporated savings. I don't care if you make fifty thousand or one hundred fifty thousand, and let's say you make fifty, and like you are really stretching to get it by. I still do roundups with Acorns. Um, it's that stupid app. You've seen commercials for it. And if you have a debit card or a credit card, I don't like debit cards. I think they're, they're foul. I think they're evil. Uh, they don't give you the protections that credit cards do. Same idea, spending your money, right? Without the protections of giving it to a waiter or waitress. If you give your debit card to a waiter or waitress, you're insane insane in the membrane insane in the brain so any salary you should be saving because you can do it with acorns acorns is that simple idea of let's like, say you spend 33 dollars and 15 cents at the grocery store it'll take that 33 15 and before it's official on your credit card it'll turn it into 34 so and it will take that 85 cents and start investing it for you that's just, that's how easy it is to start saving now when I was 18. I started saving $166 a month in a retirement plan, Roberts and Stevens mutual funds. So if I needed $1,000 for rent, I counted it as a $1,166. I made it essential. I didn't get into tricky kind of debt. I typically eventually got cars paid for, whether they were new or used. And I've always driven cars that are pretty much so junky. Um, Interesting. I got an email yesterday from Toyota. I've got a Toyota Tacoma. It was one of the very first brand new cars I ever bought. And it was a truck. And, you know, I I do some manly stuff. I I haul lumber. I do that. I've been seen. I've been known to do that. Okay. Typically more like soccer balls, but you get the idea. did not want to do a minivan. Toyota is famous for holding its value and 7 years into owning this vehicle i got an email from toyota saying you know if you want to sell that to us we'll take it back from you for about 70% and i'm like you're not taking 70 no 30% of what you paid for like wait, wait you're willing to give me like almost 35 40000 after 7 years yep Because Toyota's hold their value, and there's not enough semiconductors in the world for the new cars, they want the old cars back so they can sell them. Try to buy a car with some value, that stores value, that holds value. So one thing that I'll never buy is like a $400 wristwatch. If Roger Federer wears it and it's Swiss-made, I want nothing to do with it. It's just an expensive toy. It's stupid. It doesn't hold any value. To create wealth, you need to avoid the bad types of debt the debt that you're not meant to service that's low cost. So you, you avoid credit card debt and personal loan debt. If you have debt, it should be incorporated into your lifestyle so that you can pay it off as soon as you can. Um, avoid fake status symbols. We all say this, right? Honestly, I, I used to say this on air and it sounds a little bit creepy today because I'm married with kids, but when I used to be at a red light and I, car would drive up and there was a good looking woman behind the wheel. I kind of was like, hey, can I get your number if it was a beat up, rundown, dented up vehicle? And if it's a brand new BMW, I'm like, yeah, she's going to be too much work. I'm attracted to savers, not splurgers. For me to get in from point A to point B is practical in a truck. Um, having recently went to New York where kids are like, we should get a we should get a helicopter to go to Connecticut. I'm like, no, we should not get a helicopter to go to Connecticut. Now we then we had a choice of getting to the subway. I'm like, we should get a helicopter. I'm not getting on the subway. No chance. The amount of great New York City subway stories you can have if you talk to anyone who's ever lived in New York, it will revolt you. How dirty and disgusting New York City subways could be. Although I found New York to be very, very clean during COVID. Very few people and very clean. So I don't do any sort of fake status thing. Okay, here's my fake status thing. I like to eat well. So if I hear about a restaurant that's got something wild and fun, like you get to sit in the dark with a blindfold on and we'll bring food to you. Do I think it's a little pretentious? Yes. Would I ever do something like that twice? No. But you you all know I've got the story about monkey butt coffee. So lemurs in part of Southeast Asia will, will get the coffee bean and eat it and then later poop it. And I didn't know who figured this one out. It's like the guy who figured out that cow's milk tastes delicious. But someone picked up those coffee beans, washed them off and percolated them and cooked them and made them into perfect coffee. And it was amazing. 60 bucks for a pot of coffee. You damn well know I'm going to try that once. Am I going to do it twice? No. But if someone went through the, the, the energy of picking up a, a piece of poop that has a coffee bean in it, very limited, obviously. And if someone had the nerve to like, let's see what it tastes like. Let's give it to Americans and see if they like it. I'm all in. Um My spouse yesterday came to me. And she goes, uh, I'd like to get a a place on the beach uh, for a weekend getaway. Two places, one for the kids, one for us. And uh, I said, fine, go do it. Whatever. Don't, you don't have to ask. She comes back and she goes, it's too expensive. And hey, where does too expensive come into your lifestyle if you have enough money to live till the day you die, is what I said to her. And she goes, I need to exercise a little self-control because it's way too much money. And I'm like, good for you. I'm like, that was not my decision. That's on you, but good for you. Being able to exercise self-control. You know what I asked uh, my family for Christmas every year? A pair of Ugg slippers. That's it. Some years I get Ugg slippers. Some years my family goes and grab things like uh, a book that I've already read. and They wrap it and they give it to me. I'm like, oh, it's a book. Yay. I've read those. Yay. But they don't splurge. They don't like I don't need anything. Uh, I'm just not that silly of a human being. So exercising self-control is super important. Okay, let's move on to the next topic that I have in my notes. Retiring in your 50s. Wise move, not wise move. I'm not cool with it. Nine times out of 10. You won't have access to your social security. Earliest you can get your social security is 62. I'm good with that. Social security is not going to be enough for me to live off. Although I did pull up my social security statement yesterday and I'll go over that with you. I found it pretty interesting on, um, I think how random it could be. Go to SSA.gov, SSA.gov and punch in your information and find out what you're projected to get in retirement. It could range literally from 18,000, to 30,000 a year. Um, just play with it. It's it's a really cool website where it goes. If you want to take it at 62, here's your 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 perk. If you want to take it at 70, here's your perk. And it looks a lot more. And you're like, I'd rather I take the second one than the first one if I live to a hundred. But I've lived to seventy five, I'd rather take the first one than the second one. Try not to retire in your 50s because you won't have access to your Social Security at least till 62. Try not to retire in your 50s because you may not have access to your retirement savings, your 401k plan until you're 59 and a half. It's not always true. There's something called a T distribution, 72T. Um, And the exemptions you can get on getting your money out of the 401k early isn't great without jumping through hoops to not pay your taxes and not get hit with penalties. 72T, you can do, I believe it was invented by Congress during AT&T's rise to power and then breaking up at t was a super powerful company across the United States that had a lot of upper level management that had a 401k's that were wealthy. And then the company fired everyone in their 50s and 60s and people found like, hey, I'm not ready to retire or this is all I have for retirement. So you can do what's called a 72 where you substantially do equal periodic payments to yourself. The IRS will offer you optional payout methods. But for the average person, the 72T rule it's difficult. It pays out your income stream well before you're supposed to retire. and A lot of people end up running out of money. Another reason you don't want to retire in your 50s. You're going to have to wait until Medicare, you become eligible for it at 65. So you're on your own for covering your healthcare costs. I work for EP Wealth. Um, probably the thing that I love most about them is their healthcare plan. I know you're saying, really? I <laughs> know you're saying, that's weird. It is kind of weird. Um, but go with me on that. From age 50 to 65, I don't want to pay for my own health It's expensive. I think it's more expensive every year. If you're retiring in your 50s, you may end up with a longer retirement than you expected. Going back to work is difficult. You may think, "My, I'm going to die when I'm 75. But if you live to 85 and you run out of money, you retired way too early. So don't retire in your 50s. It's not as sexy and glamorous as you think it is. Keep your foot in the game if you can. Find me online at robblackshow.com.
1: A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show.
2: hope you're doing well. In these crazy times, I was kind of relieved yesterday when Bill Gates said, after Omicron, COVID should start looking more like a seasonal flow. Now, again, you may not like Bill Gates, and I totally get it. In some countries, Bill Gates is revered for being a god uh, for what he did with Microsoft. In the United States, we're mad at him for creating basically a monopoly. It's all about media perceptions. World review, great businessman. US view, monopolist abusing power. I grew up at a time where Windows started changing the world. Do I think he is inherently a doctor? No. I think he's a smart nerd who learned how to program and did something no one really wanted to do, create an operating system for a computer that grew into a worldwide fad. Will Bitcoin grow into the same thing? When I say worldwide fad, I'm like phenomenon is what I want to mention. Um, I remember getting in Bill Gates books for Christmas. And I guess people saw me as that nerd. The Road Ahead. If you go back and read A Road Ahead, what he predicted in writing, in paper, on paper, in 1995 was pretty extraordinary. Talking about what's going to happen on the internet. I'm sure there were some scientists in the United States government who had futures who he was stealing ideas from. Because let's face it, he's not exactly Created something crazy new, um, but he talked about the convergence of inexpensive computing and inexpensive communications, and how it will transform. And I, I think it's fair to say that it has. So yesterday, when he said that Omicron will eventually turn into more of a seasonal flu, his foundation is a pretty good foundation. I know people that work in foundations, and the Clinton Initiative was. She basically said, "In the world of, of healthcare, the Clinton administration is." Neh. They're raising a lot of money, but they're taking a lot of money from their own foundation in her interaction with like Bill Gates Foundation in Africa was a lot more altruistic, a lot more pure. Um, I think he does good work. I think he works with good scientists. I think he's trying to solve problems in the world. At one point in time, he was like, we need to cut down on the world's population. So we need to give the whole world birth control. We need to make it easily accessible. And then, you know what? He said, that's not really my place. So let's work on, on cutting out diseases. Let's let's see if we can't eradicate polio again. Because it was on the rise. And his it, it, foundation does it. So when he talks about this kind of stuff, I'm stoked. One area where we're going to have problems in the future is, let's just put it this way. Now that I'm 50, I'm going to get flu shots every year. Because I don't know where I, I, I stand on COVID. Is it this? terrible terribly infectious disease that kills people or does it kill people with comorbidities or like but when you're getting older you have comorbidities just built into your life built into your body so like i get it okay so here is a big issue that affected me and my family my mom was in cognitive decline for the last 15 years of her life and she never had conversations with me and david come from a family of six and i think me and david are the most loved We're the favorite children. Me, because I'm funny and she trusted me. Dave, because he was a lawyer. So what I started doing with my mom was I started having conversations with her, even when she was in cognitive decline, about what she wants to do with her money because some days were better than others. I had to explain to her how much things cost, how much money she had. Um, She couldn't read anything. She didn't want to. Don't put anything in writing in front of her. How are your expenses going to be covered, mom? I'll tell you. Uh, you have to have conversations with your parents as they get older. You have to. Um, try to thoughtfully set the stage. Don't react. As your parents get older, think about caregivers. My mom was raised in the South. Um, I will say this. There's racist bones in our bodies. You know, some people say, there's not, I don't have one racist bone. My mom had racist bones. So when her caregiver shows up and who's willing to do that work in Washington area, people of color, it's, it's not a a glorious job to help other people with their, their, their fecal matter with their daily medications with cooking and cleaning and buying groceries. We had to have conversations with my mom. Like you can't accuse this person of stealing from you because in cognitive decline, that's what she should, where she would go. Oh, she stole my money and my like, mom, you didn't have any money. Oh, she stole it. I'm like, no, 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 she didn't. But you have to try to set the stage so that they could win. So they feel part of it. And we got to the point where we had to pull my mom out of her home. She was in cognitive decline and she was in physical decline. And she lived in a two story house that my dad died in 25 plus years before that. And she wanted to be there until the day she died and it wasn't going to happen. She couldn't get out of bed without falling and hurting herself. She couldn't go up and down steps without potentially falling and killing herself. And we, we learned that when she went for a drive. And she she parked in the parking lot where she was supposed to go, grocery store. And then she started walking. She never made it in the grocery store. And the police found her three miles from her car dehydrated and my dad. So you got to have these conversations so you don't talk to your brothers and sisters later in life and go, yeah, mom died walking away from the grocery store. We didn't really have a plan for it, did we? We should take taken the car away from our, shouldn't we? Get your legal documents in place. Wills and trusts. Start designating who's going to manage the assets. A trustee, do not make one of your children a trustee because your other children will hate them. Organize your paperwork. Biggest thing I could tell you about my mom was keeping her paperwork in, in order it made life much easier legal documents bank statements mortgage documents oh my brother david at the end of 2021 had to file to basically say we can't find her last known will and testament we couldn't find it she misplaced it so ultimately the state's gonna give them control but it could have been easier You can find me online, Rob Black Show. I do YouTube videos. I've got a great website with a lot of downloadables. Join in the fun. Check out robblackshow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the
0: Rob Black Show.